What's going on, everybody? Hello. How do you do? What do? I'm Corey. I'm Holly. And I'm Ducky. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ducky's with us this week. Yay! Yay! We like having Ducky on the show. I like being on the show. I like listening oh. to the show. I know you do. I like the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's everybody doing? Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Nope. Nope. Doing okay. Yeah. So this week, Holly and I decided to sort of sit down and look at our last year or so of episodes, because we've put out 38. Yes. Sounds about right, yeah. 38 episodes, 36, or 37 if you take out the, um, the recommendations, or like favorite things episode and 37 episodes of weirdness so because the year is coming to a close we decided we wanted to sort of recap and bring you updates on as many of these things as we possibly can um except holly (laughs) holly chose to pretty much write a brand new episode but we will get there when we get there because i think there's some there are a whole update. I'll go over this because I think this one is actually pretty important. Um, I don't remember what episode it was, but when we did our episode on our missing persons or strange disappearances, um, I chose to do a episode, finger quotes, of the missing 411. Holly, well, you wrote nine pages. It's all bullet points. It's not actual <laughs> nine pages. Um, but... Last year, the second documentary of The Missing 411 came out, and I watched it yesterday, because as I do, and I didn't realize that the very first disappearance that it covers was its five-year anniversary this year. Okay. So I think it's important to talk about, even if just briefly. Yeah. But we'll get there. Um, So I actually have our... Anchor pulled up just because it catalogs everything. Um, I don't have anything new for episode one. So friendly reminder, episode one was cryptids that were specifically um, local to New England because that's where Holly and I live. Um, I covered the spectral moose of Maine and the Dover demon. Holly talked about melonheads and Bigfoot sightings in the Northeast. Um, More specifically, the Winstead Wildman. Yes. Yes. Um, so I got nothing new there. I um, haven't heard anything weird lately. Um, although I'm sure as we get more in like January and February, I'm sure I'll hear something. Because um, that's usually when I'm more able to hear weird things. Because the air is just so crisp and it's very quiet and all the leaves are dead. So all the buffer noises aren't there. Right. Less less ambient sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, So episode two was abandoned Connecticut. So we talked about some of the places we find in, in, again, our home state that have been lost to time. Um, The most interesting. Holly talked about Dudley Town. So... So why don't you chit-chat real quick about what happened with Dudley Town? Okay, um, so... What was a, supposed to happen with Dud- Dudley Town? So a co-worker of mine knew an urban 
finger quotes, urban explorer who has frequently gone to Dudley Town without A, getting caught, or B, with permission. Um, she was going to see if she and possibly even me could go this summer. And unfortunately, he the guy was totally gun ho for it. Um, the unfortunate part is that with COVID, that didn't get to happen. Um, I don't know if he went on his own, but as far as I know, unfortunately, um, that whole plan just kind of did not happen because of COVID and safety and all of that good stuff. So I was kind of looking forward to potentially going there, but at the same time, safety is more important. Yeah. Absolutely. Still a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked about Holy Land USA, which is an abandoned religious theme park, which is one of the largest religious theme parks um, of the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, and the only news coming from it, it's it's still in pretty rough shape. Um, but as of yesterday, as of day, re- uh, day recording, two adults and a juvenile were arrested for vandalism. Um, oh, don't do that. Right. So, but the cool thing about that is that how long, not the cool thing about three people being arrested, um, for vandalism. The cool thing about vandalism. The cool thing about the arrests as a concept in this case, um, is that action is being taken to protect this park. Yeah. To be, to, to protect the property. Um, so there's that. I don't know if that what that means in the grand scheme of things. Um, to be honest, I don't know if that means things are moving forward. Um, it just means that a couple twenty somethings and a kid did something stupid. Yeah. Mm. Um, it looks like they're charges of criminal trespass, criminal mischief, and conspiracy to commit criminal mischief. Um, and that one and of them is facing the an extra charge of intimidation. Oh. So I don't know what that means. Maybe it means they had, not necessarily like a, a weapon, but they... Hey, I'm going to kick your butt kind of thing. Yeah. Intimidation kind of thing. due to bias. Oh. So or they, again, they found somebody that they were like, if you tell anybody... I'm going to kick your butt. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know what that Due to bias would make me think it's almost motivated by either religion or race or whatever. Possibly. Um, Let's see. Are you Googling it, Ducky? I am. A bigotry or bias? Class D felony. Well, remember, Connecticut. Yeah. Um, it's going to have a different... Well, this just says U.S. law. Um, oh, okay, so federal. Well, I, I would I would assume if it's different between states or whatever, it's going to be specifics. Mm. Um, but this says persons guilty of intimidation based on bigotry or bias in second degree when such person maliciously and with specific intent to intimidate or harass another person because of the actual perceived race, religion, ethnicity, disability, sexual orientation, gender identity, or expression. So it causes physical contact with such other person, damages, destroys, or defaces any real or personal property of such other person, or threatens by word, act, 
to do an act described in subdivision, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, basically it's, it's possible that they're trying to say that it was somewhat motivated by the themes of the park, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It, yeah, it could have been, and it could have been something they wrote. It could have been something said. I don't know. Um, mm. But again, this was just yesterday. Who knows what's going to come of that? Um, like I said, I couldn't find anything on a refurb of Holy Land anywhere. Um, but that's Holy Land. I keep trying to when we um when I was on my way to and from the airport in September, um, on the way back because it was nighttime, I tried to real hard to get a picture of the cross all lit up and be like, hey, remember this? But highways in Waterbury. Yeah. Yeah. So which is why I don't take the highways in water. <laughs> don't take the highways in Waterbury. So episode three was what's that sound? So mysterious noises and sounds. Um the big one that we've got to chat about is developments with Havana syndrome. So Havana syndrome for a refresher was this noise that seemed to affect American diplomats in Havana, Cuba, um, staying on its specific properties. Um, and then I found out that similar things happened in Beijing um, or um, Guangzhou, China, not Beijing, Guangzhou. Um, and now I'm learning that things are happening to CIA officers in Russia. Hmm. Um, so as of two days ago, I have a live science article up in front of me. Microwave pulses caused bizarre Havana syndrome report suggested. I'm like speed reading the article right now. The committee can quote the committee concluded that the symptoms and their onset were quote unquote consistent with the consistent with the effects of directed pulsed radio frequency energy, RF energy. David Roman, chair of the committee, wrote in the report. Studies published in the open literature more than a half century ago over the subsequent decades by Western and Soviet sources provide circumstantial support for this possible mechanism. End quote. Radio frequency energy, which includes radio waves and microwaves, is a type of low energy radiation. But I don't see, I mean, this is, this is Department of State stuff. I just don't see if it's where the finger is being pointed. Yeah, like if um, these are being intentionally directed at them or if it's just a, a naturally maliciously, I should say, right. necessarily intentionally. Is it an attack or is it something that's just happening because X, Y, and Z are all happening at the same time? Well, we're using our cell phones. <laughs> it's a um, 5G, man. I still don't know that I... I going to wander conspiracy world here for a second again. I don't know that I believe it's, it may not be an attack on our own people. I mean. Because um, think about it, it's Cuba, China, Russia, in that order, mm. um, starting in 2016. So who knows? So that's what's going on with Havana Syndrome. Um, Holly chatted about the hum. Which I really, nothing new comes 
came of that, except for people are still being infected. Um, they are still using, I forget what type of therapy it's called to help treat it. Mm-hmm. But. And then you also talked about real briefly, the 52 Hertz whale. Um, Unfortunately, and I do have actually information about that because I do follow their Facebook page. The movie is completed. However, they're having issues finding a distributor. So mm. it's not been released. Now their Facebook page and their GoFundMe account has turned to conservation. Okay. So if you look up their, um, what's it called? The Kickstarter? Yeah. If you look up their Kickstarter, um, Actually, which I just pulled the Kickstarter up. They have an update. Yeah. Update. Let's see what the update says. Oh, they have a virtual screening. So if you yeah. back their Kickstarter, which we will link in the description for this episode, um, there's going to be information about the virtual screening for that. Yeah. Um, but now they're actually very heavily focusing on um, conservation and things like that, too which is always very nice. Always cool. So episode four, which is where Holly's going to take over for a little bit, was the missing 411. So I specifically looked for any information regarding the two um, sort of unsolved cases, which are that of Stacey Aras and baby Dior Quince Jr., who this would have been the fifth, this year was the fifth anniversary of his disappearance. Yep. Um, he would be seven years old this year. Eight? Eight. He, he went missing turned, when he was, yeah. Yeah, he would have turned eight years old this year. Um, I know at one point we did an update saying that the remains found at the campsite weren't human. But yep. I have not seen any more information regarding any searches, any questioning. Um, so I'm going to let Holly take over for the missing 411. So, like I said, um, the original missing 411 documentary came out. And then I want to say it came out in either 2017 or 2018. Um, and then the following year, last year, 2019, um, the second documentary called The Missing 411, The Hunted, came out, which focuses on outdoorsmen, um, hunters, people who you would think wouldn't have any kind of problem in the outdoors just vanishing. Um, the first section of this particular documentary focused on a gentleman named Thomas Messick, uh, he is 5'10". He weighed about 160 pounds. Um, he was last seen wearing a red plaid cap, a camouflage coat, and duck boots. Um, he's been missing since November 15th, 2015, and he was last seen in Horicorn, or Hor Horicon, New York. Um, he was married to a lovely lady named Beverly. They were married for... 56 years. He had three sons. The family was always very active in the out, outdoors, camping, all of that. 
um, he was very, very close to a gentleman named Sid Sharp, who had known him for about 55 years. Both families were very close. They would travel often, camp often together. Um, he would actually teach hunting training classes and survival classes. And during one of these classes, he actually had gunpowder blow up in his face. He lost an eye and he had about 159 stitches in his hand. But he would use this to teach children about the dangers of what happens when you aren't careful and you aren't aware. Um, the other interesting thing about this is he was an airborne ranger. So he was very well versed in survival and staying close to his group and all of that. Um, he wasn't a big drinker. He never drank when he hunted. Um, so the day he went missing, they went to a area called Lily Pond. It was an uneven dirt road that takes about 12 minutes from where they were camping. This was the first time that Tom and his son Rob were hunting this particular area. So they get there, they park in front of the lake. Seven, went, seven men went up, and this was Sid's idea. The four Older hunters were all in their 80s. Uh, they walked down the road in 100-yard increments, and once these four men were spaced out, they walked into the woods about 30 to 40 yards at most and sat in wait. The younger men would try and herd any deer or wildlife, whatever they were hunting, towards the older men so they could just open fire and do whatever hunters do. Um, so the... And this is really important. The order of the older gentleman was a gentleman named Al, then Sid, then a gentleman named Joe, who unfortunately passed in 2016, so he wasn't able to give much information. And then Tom, who was the farthest from the lake. Um, aside from the clothes that he was wearing, he had a walkie-talkie, his rifle with three or four bullets, and a snack. Again. This is all really important. Uh, Sid recalled hearing a strange noise in the woods that was approximately 150 yards up the hill. The hunt lasted two hours with no wildlife spotted. And by 3 p.m., all of the men were supposed to meet by the trucks. Tom did not return. Last night on that or last light on that day was at 7.34 p.m. Nightfall hit. The group split into three, or two groups. Three went back to the camp. Three stayed at the truck, blowing the horn and firing shots, hoping to get a response. The following day, state police were called to arrange a search. They set up their base at Horcorn, New York, which is a very small town. Um, their population is only about 1,300 people. Um, the agency that was in charge of this particular search was the New York State Forest Rangers. Um, they noted that where Tom had gone missing seemed to be completely devoid of wildlife. Yeah, sure, you might have a bad day where you don't see any deer, but that doesn't mean you're not going to hear birds, you're not going to hear squirrels. They heard nothing. Like, it was completely silent, which is very, very odd for a heavily wooded area like that. You'd at least hear some kind of animal movement or birds. Um, there, the emergency response team was comprised of 13 members. 
The National Guard went in with infrared state police, also had helicopters, canine trackers, you name it. Um, volunteers would walk no matter how thick the woods or how swampy the area. They checked roadsides to, just in case he managed to get to the road and got hit. Um, so at its peak, there were about 300 people, including volunteers, and between 50 and 60 organizations looking for this man over the course of almost a full month. So the second day of their search, the third day that Tom had been missing, it poured, like torrential downpour, absolutely awful. On day four, and this is very interesting, the FBI sent up two agents. According to FBI protocol, they do not get involved with missing persons unless that missing person is a very young child under very certain circumstances. This was an 82-year-old man that had, went, had gone missing. Um, the head of the investigation thought they were just there for technological support, but didn't have any communication with him. They did, however, talk to Tom's wife. According to her, she was told that her husband was considered a missing person and that they felt there was something not right about his disappearance. However, they would not know what it was until Tom was recovered, either deceased or alive. So anytime the FBI gets involved and is observing the case, they're writing notes, writing reports, and they send these notes and reports back to the behavioral analysts in uh, VA. They and they look at other cases to see. They look at other cases that match the case that they're writing about. Reports dating back to the 1960s show that the FBI have monitored a number of cases that are eerily similar to Tom Messick's case. The formal search for Tom Messick ended November 26, 2015. Three years after his disappearance, search efforts continued but failed to locate any of his belongings. The FBI has not released any information to their involvement, involvement or findings on Tom. This broke my heart. Tom's beloved companion, a yellow lab, sits in the kitchen window all day waiting for him to come back. Mm. And just staring out the window. Um, Sid's son, the third, Sid the third, said his father would describe hearing, said his father described what he heard in the woods as a snapping or a crackling. It sound, he said it sounded like a large trap being closed. So nine days after Tom went missing, another gentleman went missing named Fred Drum, who was 68. Uh, the Department of Conservation Rangers for the state of New York were pulled from Tom's case to search for this gentleman 40 miles south of where their search had began for Tom. Again, Fred was an outdoors man. He was a retired supervisor for his town. Um, he lived on a very remote farm with his wife. On Thanksgiving Day, 2015, Mrs. Drum went to a attend a banquet, and when she returned that afternoon, her husband was just gone. All of his belongings and his car were still at the house. Um, the search brought in, again, canines, 
helicopters, many volunteers. Now, the weird thing about both of these cases is that Tom's gun was never found. There was no candy wrapper, even though he had snacks on him. The walkie-talkie, nothing of his was ever recovered. No clothing, nothing. Same with Fred Drum. Nothing was ever found. And unfortunately, both men have never been found, and there's still no trace or leads on their whereabouts. So on, on the second year anniversary for Tom Messick, uh, his family hung a cross from a tree, a cross with flowers from a tree at his last known lo location, and it's been there ever since. So, like I said, this past November was the five-year anniversary of the dif disappearance of both Thomas Messick and Fred Drum. If you guys have any inf information for either man, you can call 518 671 for any information on Fred Drum and 518-897-1300 or visit Missing Veterans for Tom Messick. And um, I'll link those as well in the description for this episode. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have any information, again, just like Stacey Aris and little Dior Kunz Jr., you'll be able to point that in the right direction. Okay. <laughs> I know. That was a lot, and I tried to go through it very, very quickly. Um, so I'm going through our lists um, real quick. I think the next thing I have any update, update on or any interesting information for um, would be actually our music episode. Oh, yeah. One. Yes, our music episode. Um, so we're talking episode 16. We're jumping ahead a little bit. Um, recently, they, they, recently, a, another Buddy Holly biopic, um, again, pre-production. Um, it's called Clear Lake. Tentatively starting uh, principal photography in spring of 2021. And right now the cast is super duper small. Um, there's a young man, Rari O'Connor, hmm. probably mispronounced it, who's playing Buddy Holly. Um, Colin Hanks is playing Buddy Holly's manager, Norman Petty. Diane Guerrero from Orange is the New Black is playing Buddy Holly's wife, Maria Elena. And then and then, of all, um, the most recent person added to the cast playing Chuck Berry is Nelly. Like, huh. hip-hop superstar Nelly. Um, okay. So I've noticed, yeah, I know, um, but let's remember last December, when they thought Cats was a good idea, they brought Jason Derulo on board. As Rum Tum Tugger. As Rum Tum Tugger. And then in the Which Rent I'm... Live, in Rent Live, they brought in um, Mario. He, um, if you were alive in 2004 and you remember Let Me Love You, mm -hmm. you remember Mario? Um, oh, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this, this, and I don't know that it's a bad thing, but we're seeing an influx of hip hop superstars, um, 
jumping into the music world. Yeah, the, I don't um, think it's a bad thing world. at all. I don't know that it's a bad thing. Um, remember, Usher did it. Uh, who else did it? I, I don't know that Usher did it very well. Because remember, Usher was in Chicago. On was Broadway. he? Yeah. Oh, Usher played, on played Billy Broadway. Flynn on Broadway. Um, <laughs> so it'll be interesting. I don't know that, that Nelly has Nelly done any other. I think he might have. He's done other stuff, but I just don't know that he's a. Uh... I think he does some like lighter work. Yeah, some like cameos and and yeah. very short like arcs on um. TV shows and things like that. On, on TV shows and things like that. But yeah, so there's going to be a new Buddy Holly biopic, which, I mean, I listened to a ParCast podcast called Famous Fates. I don't know if I talked about Famous Fates before. Um, uh, I don't think you have. And and it was a very short-lived series of, um, it was weekly themed episodes, and they would explore really not unfortunate, but people who are almost as well known for the, as for their for their death as it was for their life. Yeah. Um, and Buddy Holly, again, Richie Valens, or and the Big Bopper, they're all kind of known almost more so for the really unfortunate circumstances of their death as for the music they made. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of interested to see this. What comes out of this biopic? Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, it's not the first Buddy Holly biopic. No. Um, it's not even the first one, I think, about the day the music died. Um, but that's that. Quick and, quick and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have? Location, location, location. Didn't they just I'm looking at episode location, 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 episode 17. Didn't they just pave over the graffiti highway? Uh, I don't know if it's paved over yet. Or if they, I know they have plans to, um, or if it, like I said, they haven't done anything yet because COVID, um, but I know they plan on making that entire area like a, uh, almost a wildlife preservation, like you can't be here, leave kind of thing. Like Chernobyl levels of go away. I wouldn't say Chernobyl levels, but. <laughs> okay, here we are, April. Centralia's graffiti highway is finally getting erased, so they're probably going to pave over it relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I talk about? House on the Rock. Nothing new happening on House on the Rock. COVID. It's quiet. Um, let's jump to um, real quickly. Episode 19 was our cult episode. Um, Actually, let's chit-chat about that real quick, Um, our cult episode, because there's going to be a documentary about Heaven's Gate. Is there? 
Yeah, I saw something. I don't know if anybody else has seen this. So there's a docu-series going up on, that actually has started on the 3rd, about a week ago, um, on HBO Max called Heaven's Gate, The Cult of Cults. Um, so it's probably going to be along the same lines as the Nixon docu-series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a four-episode arc um, exploring Heaven's Gate, specifically about Marshall Applewhite and... I don't remember the um the young woman's name. I can't remember her name either. Go to his peep and or vice versa. Yeah. Um so there's that. Um spoiler alert, we haven't or I haven't watched any of the Nixon documentaries yet. I haven't either. So neither have I, for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there. Ducky can't save yeah, us. Just no. Sorry. Um, I rely on you yep. guys for <laughs> a lot of this. <laughs> for all of our, all of your uh, cult needs. All my cult information, yes. All your true crime needs. Um, and again, because of COVID, there's no movement on Mother Anna Young's trial yet. Um, probably not for another year. Um, I do remember giving the update that her bail was relatively recently announced, which means she'd been held in jail without bail. We could do an entire episode on how broken our justice system is in general. Um, today is not that episode. No. Um, but yeah, if you like what we do and you don't mind HBO as a network, give uh, Heaven's Gate the Cult of Cults a watch. Nothing new about Phoenix Lights and the Aurora, Texas Alien. Um, nothing new about Polybius. Um, oh, let's talk about the death of Elisa Lamb real quick. Yes. Uh, so recently, it was announced that on Discovery Plus, come the new year, the Ghost Adventures crew will do a special about the Cecil Hotel and no. the Lisa Lamb stuff. No. Uh, so let's talk about why, maybe not problematic, but why this is sort of in bad taste. Well, I don't know that we need to talk about it, but we're gonna, going to anyway. Um, See, that makes me angry. That makes me very angry. If just for the simple fact that you're now trying to cash in on a multiple people's deaths, but not only that, but the death of a young woman who was clearly mentally ill and unfortunately did not get the help that she needed. Right. Um, And I wouldn't have as much of a problem with this investigation if they didn't, like, focus in on Elisa Lamb. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it, the Cecil Hotel has enough of a, a provenance on its own. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people have been killing themselves in this hotel since 1928. Mm-hmm. It's probably not an accurate date, but we're going to go with 1928. Sounded um, good. Sounds great. Might even be earlier than that. So the fact that we're hyper fixating on the unfortunate death of this young girl. Um, bothers me a little it bothers now, me however a lot. you feel about Ghost Adventures is put that to the side. Um, I think Discovery made a mistake here. Um, 
And if it's Zach Bagans that presented this to Discovery Plus, Zach, we need to chat about getting bigger T-shirts and about judgment calls. Agreed. <laughs> I think we said that on the trip because there were a couple nights we were just sitting in the hotel rooms watching. Oh yeah, no ghost adventures. Um, I mean, I, I admit I will eat the show up, but it is because of just. Oh boy. Pure chaos. <laughs> so if Ghost Adventures is your bag and you want to see I I mean honestly I'll probably watch this. Um, I'll let you watch it and then let maybe. me know. It's on their streaming service. And it could I be one of those things. Buy another. The, you know, if the don't summary focus has on focused Lisa, on it. Right. That's the thing. If they don't specifically try to call out Elisa or if they don't, and because I've watched at least a decade of Ghost Adventures, mm. I have the feeling they're going to try to wrap this whole situation in the darkness and a demon and dude bro. Um, mm. If they don't, if they don't do that, I will be pleasantly surprised. I'll be very surprised. Let's start there. Um, Am I going to pay for Discovery Plus? Absolutely no. not. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, that I'm, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm angry. I'm I'm a little unsettled by this. I'm more than a little disappointed. So okay. But <clears throat> This also brings up the question of when is it okay to focus on and do shows or documentaries or whatever whatever you have it on like people's deaths? Like when does that So that's line? another great question. Um it's such a gray area because you can do a documentary or go to a place where say Marilyn Monroe killed herself and less people well, would that statement in of itself is a little controversial. Let's well, start there. Yes, I know. Um, officially, Where she passed away. As I say, ac- officially it's an accidental drug overdose. And I, I don't believe it. You don't believe that? Mm-mm. Hmm. I mean, it's it was the same cocktail that Judy Garland was taking when mm. she died. Um. So there's. There's an Ask a Mortician episode where she goes to, where Caitlin Doty goes to Salem, Massachusetts. Yes. And if you don't know, I love Caitlin Doty and I love her work. And yes. I love the content she puts out. Um, All of so, my yes. Yeah. Um, and she did another episode in the same vein about disaster tourism. Mm. So you have two questions here. You have how soon is too soon? And there's a... For Salem Anywhere, there's a witch to kitch measurement. You know, where on yes. this respect line does this fall? Yeah. Um, this is pretty close to the kitch end of this witch to kitch, I think. Um, because let's remember, I don't know that I've seen a documentary about Elisa and about the situation as a situation but that like being a professionally said, put together documentary and this um, would not be that 
documentary. Yes. No, Zach Bagans is not the person I want talking about anybody's. I'd say documentary is probably the furthest thing from what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I, I the... don't know that the Ghost Adventures guys are the people to be handling this in a respectful manner. Mm. They may surprise us. I just don't have high hopes. Uh, I mean, I've so. seen them hold respect for for people and things, but the the way they their style of ghost hunting and tracking mm-hmm. is probably not the most respectful in that regard. No, I have the sneaking suspicion it's going to turn into oh, you like to make girls kill themselves or or whatever his rhetoric is. Yeah, there's a there's a lot or of antagonizing to their yeah. style. Yeah, instigating so everything. Much instigating and so much antagonizing, and it's just not, especially in this particular situation. We don't. Yes, we know that she was having serious serious mental issues, whether it be due to coming off of her meds or her meds just not working. Because I've been in both those boats. Um, I just don't think he's gonna go about this. In a very respectful manner. I do not have high hopes at all. Um, and quite honestly, the way they handle things like this, it's it makes me very uncomfortable that they're even going into like the fact that the focus on it is so high on her. That's what bothers me. If it was I mean, just that them was going one of the first. So spoiler alert, y'all. My research for this episode was going onto Google News, like specifically the Google News tab, and putting in a topic. And whatever the like top one or two was with a date, that's where I'm going. Um, so like, when you go- put into a Google News, Elisa Lamb, this episode um, pops this up. This thing pops up. Yeah. So um, come January 4th, when this episode, this two-hour spectacular drops, um, if you that's- want the real story of what may or may not have happened with Lisa Lamb. We have an episode on that. Um, because I have the feeling it's just going to be way off. Oh, yeah. Way, way off. Um, I <sighs> might, if they offer it, use a free trial for when it comes out. Oh, it'll be streaming somewhere. I'm not paying oh, for that. No. I pay my cable bill. That's all I, I need to, to see Zach Bagans do what he does. I don't even have cable. <laughs> I'm moving sure. on. Moving on. So the next episode I have some information for is episode 28, which was the Slenderman episode, which featured our first um, special splash screen. Um, Ethan added the Slenderman to our little UFO. So, late November, um, we have an article from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Anissa Weir, convicted in the Slender Man stabbing case, has petitioned for release from a state mental health hospital. So, if you remember, both of these girls are in these mental health facilities yeah. until further notice. Until they are deemed no longer to be um, dangerous to themselves or others. So Anissa is petitioning for release um, nearly 40 months after her sentencing. 
Now, remember, she was found not guilty by mental disease or defect. Um, and she hit her July 2020 mark. Because um, part of her plea was that she would stay to, until July 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will see how this shakes out. I will say this much. If she is petitioning for release and the caregivers and medical professionals in the in her life agree that she is no longer a danger to herself or others and she I don't know if this would be considered part of her parole is for her to stay on the medication that she is prescribed I think it's part of her sentencing sentencing she would have to stay on her medication she has to stay on her medication um the other girl I believe um the other girl is serving a 40-year sentence. Yeah. Um, which she's petitioning to reverse. I feel for these girls. I really yeah. do. I feel for these girls, A, because they're so young, and B, there is very clear signs of mental illness. Mm-hmm. Do I think that 40 years for a child who is mentally, ear is exce- mentally ill is excessive? Absolutely. But... But and then I'm speed reading this um this article again. Yes, like the judge, the judge who sentenced these girls says at her sentencing said, quote, it was a planned murder by kids. We can't forget that the goal was to kill. This was premeditated. But here's the thing. And this is the part that bothers me. Yes, it was premeditated, but it was premeditated by mentally ill children. Premeditation is premeditation, Holly. Like See, I have such a hard time with murder this. Murder is murder. I'm not disagreeing with that, but the my issue is that would these girls, if they were on the correct medication and the and were getting the correct help that they needed, would they be doing this? That's my question. I'm not disagreeing that premeditation isn't premeditation, that premeditation and that murder isn't murder, but would they be doing this if they had gotten the help that they needed? So, I mean, we'll see what, we'll see what, what comes of this. Yeah. Um, so. Um, because didn't one of the girls have a history of her, schizophrenia? Her father was schizophrenic. Her father was schizophrenic. I don't remember which girl. I don't um, remember either. I and she remember. had started showing the early signs of it and no one in the family picked up on it, which is amazing. Kids are so hard to diagnose. I know, I know. Mm -hmm. You know. So that is uh, what's going on in the world of the Slenderman, specifically the Slenderman um, stabbing. Um, And also sad and sort of tragic and kind of makes me on the court's decision here. Um, So this, again, this Milwaukee Journal Sentinel article, Peyton Lotner is the um, victim's name. Uh, Victim isn't fearful for eventual releases. Um, If they ever come near me, they're going right back in, Lutner said. When they get out, I don't think it's going to change my life at all. But Lutner said she sleeps with a pair of broken scissors under a pillow just in case. When you're dealing with kids, and especially, I mean, these girls were 12, Mm -hmm. 13 years old at the time. I work with these kids this age. Like, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, 
No one wins Not, in this, unfortunately. No one wins. Mm. No one wins. So, Ducky is finally going to have something to talk about. Because <laughs> we're talking about, we're moving on, you are. Um, because you actually brought this to my attention. Um, the next episode we're talking about is the West Virginia episodes, specifically Mothman. Mm-hmm. What's exciting about next year in the world of Mothman, Ducky? Do you remember? Uh, are we talking about the escape room? We're talking about the escape room. The escape room. I'm excited. <laughs> so, the Mothman <laughs> Museum is currently in the process of developing and creating in the upper level of the building the Mothman 66 escape room. Um, if you're not familiar with what escape room are, I think you've been living under a rock for the last couple of years because they've escape sort of exploded in... Um, exploded in popularity um but we're talking about themed rooms where you're locked in um and they give you puzzles and you have to figure out how to get out solve um usually they're timed um Mm -hmm. around halloween they're usually pretty graphic and scary there's usually some sort of like murder mystery thing going on um but this is the post on the um, Mothman Museum's Facebook page, quote, based on the historical record and decades of research and interview, Mothman 66 puts you in the center of the action. A modern day investigator close to solving the mystery suddenly disappears outside Igloo number two, which y'all, I was there. <laughs> well, was that actually Igloo two? Do we know which Igloo that was? I don't, but we were at two of them, so. We were at two. <laughs> we were at two. If there were so only we have, two, we'd be like, yeah, we were definitely at you know, two. There's a, there's a relatively good chance one of those is Igloo. It was two. one of those. I think that the the one that was clear was probably number two because it's probably the one that they take people to. Yeah. So, so. going on, uh, you have one hour to collect the clues, solve the puzzles, and rescue the investigator before he's lost forever. Um, so I'm really excited to go back to West <laughs> Virginia and Point Pleasant and. Um, the expected opening date of May 21. Um, but that all depends on how good everybody is with their mask wearing and their quarantining and their COVID dinning. Um, their vaccinations. Their vaccinations. Oh, God. Vaccinations. Um, we're also talking about a new store on Main Street. So, Ducky, you can, <coughs> excuse me, you can attest to this. Point Pleasant's Main Street is kind of sad. Yeah, a little. And I don't know if it was because of COVID, specifically, or if we were there on a Sunday, and this is Sunday in the South. Um, it's, it's, Main Street, Point Pleasant is kind of dead. Um, it feels it's like every third storefront was closed permanently. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, this is what's happening in small town USA right now. So we're opening a, we, the, um, Mothman Museum is opening another uh, store. There, you have the museum. They have another store, sort of across the way, uh, Bunker 304, which is a TNT-themed area, pop culture situation. Um, which I think the Mothman Museum is just trying to sell as much merch as possible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I don't. You know what? Them. I'm fine with that. I will spend I my money there. <laughs> no, they had my West Virginia T-shirt right now. 
Um, the the front of the museum, which is where their their store is, is is pretty small. Let, let's be honest. Oh, so yeah. if they if they can stretch their legs out a little bit and and move a lot of their merch over there mm -hmm. or something. I think that will give them a little more. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised room. if you see the Fallout 76 stuff go over there. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Mothman Prophecy stuff go over there. Mm -hmm. um, to try to keep the pop culture stuff to its thing and keep, at least in my view, keep the storefront or the front of the museum very local. Mm -hmm. And they can they could expand, you know, just a little yeah. beyond Mothman and go more. Well, I'm talking about in terms of like what uh, kind of merch they carry. They, mm -hmm. That opens up what sort of stuff they could sell there that they don't have to keep strict to Mothman. Right. You well, know, remember much... you've got the other, there's another gift shop right across the street. I forget right. called Appalachian Trading Post. Uh, something like that. I think so. Yeah. But I think they're, they were just more like um, sister store, not necessarily yeah. run by the same people per yeah. se. You know, it's just one of those, Hey, check out my neighbor. Cause they're cool. Which, yeah. you know, it's point pleasant. Of course they'd say that. So, and they're not wrong. So, so, um, so when we go back, because I think our little group here, <laughs> I mean, we're going to go back at some point. <laughs> we're, we're going back. I mean, I had the second West Virginia document open last night just for giggles. Um, I'll be interested to see how quickly we can do this. All things considered. Mm. I mean, I don't consider myself an expert, but I probably know more than most about the whole incident more than the average joe yeah so that's the, the, what's going on in the world of mothman i'm excited for that honestly yeah um they're also i think going to be doing the tnt bus tours more frequently um not just in the context of the mothman festival which will probably alleviate a little bit of festival congestion mm. um He's looking, he has not held the bus tours in three or four years, but recently purchased a van to begin again. So yeah, that's what's going on in the world of Mothman. Mothman tourism? Mothman tourism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Say that, Mothman tourism. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Uh, moving on to the Nixum episode, because I don't really have anything else in terms of Ed Gain and Ed, Ed Kemper. Um, there's kind of an amusing Toronto Sun headline. Sex cult Svengali, Keith Rainier, fears he'll be murdered in prison. Oh, when? I know. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying we can only hope, but I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. And that leaves us with monolith news because, oh boy. Is that a ride or what? Isn't it though? So I'm having a hard time keeping track of what monoliths have popped up and disappeared. Ducky sent me an article about, where was that one? Uh, San Luis. Right. Obispo? San Luis, uh, San Luis Obispo. I've seen something about San Diego. I've seen something about Texas. I've seen something about New Orleans, um, North Monoliths Carolina. Are in right now, They're so hot, uh, so hot. Right? Monoliths are trendy. If you don't have a monolith and decorate it with Christmas lights, 
you're doing the holiday season wrong. All right, I'll um, put one in my yard. <laughs> Holly, can Ethan add a monolith behind us? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, With Christmas lights or without Christmas lights? Yes. His choice. Hmm? His choice. His choice. Um, yeah. I saw something about there being one in England? Like I on mean, the Isle of Man or something? There was one in Romania, so I wouldn't be surprised. Right. And then I've got, yeah, there's, there's one in the San Diego parking lot of the Scripps Ranch Marketplace, and then okay. it's gone. It just, within 24 hours, gone. Okay. Um, and then, New York Times article from the 6th, um, for the first time, someone has taken credit for erecting one of the monoliths that have popped up in the few weeks riveting the world. Um, group of four artisan fabricators on Saturday as the creators of the one that was put on Pine Mountain, which if you remember was the one that was uh, taken down by a bunch of Make America Great Again. Very confused individuals. Mm-hmm. Nonsense. Right. Um, Very confused individuals. Um, also, side note, is it bad that every time I pass a house that has a Trump flag outside of them, I'm I'm like, should we tell them? <laughs> I feel like we should tell um, them. Uh, quote Wade McKenzie, from Wade McKenzie, one of the creators, quote, we intended it for it to be a piece of guerrilla art, but when it was taken down in such a malicious manner, we decided we need to replace it. Um, so I don't know where it's been replaced. Um, Vegas under the Fremont Street experience. Um, so I'm just... Y'all, I need a master list. <laughs> um, so the one in North Carolina is in Fayetteville, but it's like in a flower bed on like a median in the oh, downtown okay. district. Um I think we're the at the Netherlands, point. I, they're everywhere. I think we're at the point where the vast majority of them are copycats. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like um, there's, there's no oh, way they're not. But here's the better question: Why? Well, why not? Right. So, like the the whole question surrounding the monoliths, and we're going back to Utah, back to the that 2015, 2016 year is, huh? But why? But why? why? Um. And then it was found. Sorry, I opened a tab and it started playing funky music. Um, that funky music, Chrome tab. Um, <laughs> I don't know um, what you use. It's Chrome. Okay. I say you probably got about two or three Chrome choices. Tag. You're right. Um, it's just. I mean, there are weirder trends that. The world could be doing right now i mean we're not we're not sucking down tablespoons of cinnamon anymore remember that was the thing oh can we not <laughs> remember that thing um oh, no less people are renegating right now um but we're not running around as clowns yeah done with the clowns? whole tide pods like, like literally as clowns not not you know i'm clowning no you you were no, literally we're not seeing i don't think when was the last clown yeah, the clown thing was really weird. 
it came and it went and then and it came back for a little bit back for a second and then i saw a tiktok from halloween where these clowns were doing the like they were at like a drive through scare thing and they were dancing a wop from <laughs> I remember that one yeah the car <laughs> it was wait great. a minute yeah yeah um, oh he was throwing it man oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um why hadn't i seen that i'll have to send it to you oh um, please send it to you but this is probably if you go back in the last 10 years right the 20 the 2010 the 20 teens as it were have been weird and i think the monoliths are just icing on a really weird year overall mm-hmm. um but you know in this day and age it's it's a thing that artists do quite often you see an idea from one artist and you go that's great i'm gonna yeah. do it too and or yeah. own, own spin on that's, it you know I that's mean, how all my sewing projects go oh i can make yeah. that yeah <laughs> yeah basically you know and they see it gets people talking and they're like i just want people to get excited and talk like they they might not even be looking for the attention necessarily the acclaim i should say right you know it's a thing to do yeah because no one else no one's working artists are kind of somebody please pay oh, us well, to do I'm something getting... better with our time I well know. i'm not doing anything anyway so right um but yeah that's uh that's a real brief not brief i think we're going on like an hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> i have a lot of editing to do um just a little over an hour um but that's that's sort of a, a update on our last year of episodes um we have a couple more to do um how many we have one um we may do one more episode skip christmas or we'll maybe we'll do a weird christmas episode um and then starting with the episode on the first which is holly's choice because her birthday is that week Um, i will announce this now we are going to go to every other week starting in 2021. Um, I think between Holly and I both working full time and our other responsibilities put and because we're doing this whole podcast by ourselves, I think we need to sp- space ourselves out a little bit. Oh, um, yeah. Get ourselves for y'all. a week to research another week to edit and post. Mm-hmm. So starting 2021, We'll be going to every other week, so it's two episodes a month. Um, but yeah, so I think we just need to, it's something we need to do for us, is step back a little bit. Um, but that doesn't mean the weirdness is going to stop. In fact, it's going to get weirder. Don't you worry, it's going to get weirder. Um, but yeah. 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 And like Corey said <laughs> on a previous episode, she's got plans. I got plans. There's so many plans. So many plans. So All of them plans. Um, is there anything else to chit chat about? Anything anybody else wants to touch on? That is all I got. I always throw stuff your way when I see something I think you guys you do. would Ducky's be our number in. one fan. <laughs> I am. My top listening uh, podcast, according to Spotify, was you guys. So. <laughs> Not even yeah. old gods. I know. Beat y'all out. 
Letting you know. Just saying. Um, I, I had to binge Old Gods, too. Yeah. I need to. I'm not. I'm behind. I am, too. Um, that's because we're too busy writing our own. I think I'm actually behind, too. <laughs> I think working. they had an episode this week. <laughs> I haven't listened we're to it yet. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, there will be at least two more episodes this month. This um, year. This year. Gosh, two more this year. Um, any relevant images, especially for the Missing 411 updates, will be on our Instagram, which is what? Sister Strange Podcast. Yeah. On Instagram. On the Instagram. If you have something you would like us to chit-chat about, how do you get a hold of us? Sisterstrange at gmail.com. No. <laughs> Sisterstrangepodcast at yahoo.com. Sisterstrangepodcast yeah. <laughs> at yahoo.com. Uh, um, to be fair, who uses out, a Yahoo? Right? Um, it's the one I pick. It's the it's one fair. I pick. It's Listen, fine. I sell a Hotmail account, okay? Oh, no. Right? Um, check out Ducky's social media which will be oh. linked in the episode. Ducky's also streaming now. Twice a week. Uh, twice a week. You want to talk about that, Ducky? Uh, yeah, sure. I just started. Um, Tuesday evenings, I do video games. Um, we just did Portal last night. I'll be doing Portal 2 coming up. Um, I was yeah, talking about all be doing... Portal, like three-hour stream. Yeah, three-hour stream. Start to finish Portal, which is the first time I've done that. Usually I take a break in the middle of it. I know it's not a long game, but I usually take a break anyway. Um, and then on Thursdays, I do artwork. And we just do whatever I feel like working on. This week, I think I'm going to be working on a comic. So yeah. come see a comic Yay. process. Yeah, I'll post Ducky's digital... Post Ducky's... I can't... I can't talk today. Words are hard. I'll post Ducky's social media and Twitch link in our episode description. And we will see you next week. Bye, okay. everybody. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for hanging out, Ducky. Mm -hmm. No problem, guys. I love you all. So. Yay. We love you, too.